Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I just pressed the record button. Thanks for... T- for. T- was it the last two weeks that we... No, they weren't two consecutive weeks. It was last week. And then two weeks before that. And then one time in the studio. But I've <laughs> learned my lesson now. <laughs> so our best material lost. Lost at sea. So I'm going to welcome back to the Creep Dive. Hey, we got a shout out in the Irish Times. That was really cool. It was a really good review. She was extremely nice. I another person I became friends with thanks to this podcast. And there was actually a thread on Twitter that I didn't I didn't alert you guys to because um I didn't want you guys to cramp my style. But uh, <laughs> Sarah Griffin, who wrote the review, tweeted it, and then along came Ellen Coyne responding to it, and I joined into the conversation because we're just all pals now. Three of us might start a podcast. Fucking hell. Yeah. That's amazing. You know, I'm cool. Because I know the truth of your life, Cassie. <laughs> I'm really happy for you. <laughs> you dick. <laughs> I'm just going to take that right now. You just take dick. it. Uh, <laughs> I've still not made a single friend across Mother of Pod or this creep. Christ, Can I say for so long as well? My Instagram DMs are a glorious place now because every day I am just getting wild and creepy tales straight in there. It's brilliant. What is wrong with me? So to everyone, please keep them coming. Uh, Sophie underscore white on get Instagram. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Jen O'Dwyer. O-D-W-Y-E-R. 
Yeah, I'm not getting I'm not getting personal ones anymore either now, just straight oh, into well. the I think Sophie's lying. No, I think I think, think they're ac- I think people are actually giving of... their ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. But this Speaking is just... of giving someone one. Are you going to kick us off there? I am, I'm sorry. I am. that amazing okay, I've segue. Been, I've been, <laughs> that kind of gross segue. We need to build this up more. This has been building up for the last there's two no, or three weeks. There's no possible way. Since to... I told the story about the girl who died from the whipped cream canister and the weird, the Wikipedia page of weird deaths, we reminisced about Mr. Hands. We did. And uh, like I drew your attention to this earlier, Sophie, and Sophie is knitting a very long cylindrical very long scarf that looks an awful lot like a horse's dick because like I was telling you her scarf is two-toned and so are horses dicks so unusual I'm so excited to learn so much about horse dick tonight but look I'm just gonna cut to the chase here a little bit my whole groin tensed and my anus because we know what this is I feel weird saying anus on the podcast now that the Irish Times know about us. You can just say hole. They prefer that. <laughs> um, okay. Again, I feel like, does everything weird happen in 2005? A lot of weird things have happened in 2005. Oh, this is one of them. Okay. It was a very good year. Hard for me to remember. I was only two and a half. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, that means you're probably not I was a very age. precocious fetus in 2005. Yeah. July, it was warm. See, something hits in July. The crazy fever hits. Enum Claw. I'm not saying that right. Enum Claw, Washington. Uh huh. A gentleman by the name of Kenneth Pinyan was pronounced dead due to acute peritonitis <sighs> that resulted from the perforation of the colon <gasps> during anal lovemaking with a horse. <laughs> Did they, did they I said put lo- lovemaking in the report? No, but I thought, you know, it's, you know, let's just... Soften it. Soften the blow. So, <laughs> uh, pardon the... They would have been better going with uh, a blow. There was no softening this blow. Oh, impaled on a horse dick. Well, by it wasn't like he fell on it. I mean, there was various things no, set he, up. He, like he got the thing geared up. Well, there was another guy there. Helping. He was across a bale of hay. Now, a surveillance camera captured the license plate of the wait, car. Wait, wait, wait. How old was Sorry. the victim? Sorry. Um, Roughly? Let's see now. 50, between 40 and 50. Oh, no. So, a surveillance camera captured the license plate of the car that dropped him off at the hospital <gasps> after this horrific, Someone just did a encounter. run. Well, yeah. And as it turns out, they should have just stuck around because what they were doing wasn't illegal. Well, the actual act. However, okay. Having sex with a horse isn't illegal. It was not at this time. Right. This, thanks to this event, (laughs) things changed. Right. But at this time, no, bestiality was not illegal. So. Frowned upon. Was it? Well, it was lovemaking. Was it? Well, no. Interspecies lovemaking. I'm not... No, it was horrific rape of an animal, which was is, we can all agree, and should be against the law now. So, what do you have in your mind? Somebody's been ditched at hospital. 
I would like to know now, it's just desperately, because obviously if he's just dropped off, and I'm sure he probably said something to the person that was at the reception, but Joanna, who dropped him off, disappeared, but was easily identified because they picked up his license plate. And do, you th- do we think that they were friends? They were friends. And he, he, so presumably he's the guy who filmed it and uploaded it to YouTube? You're absolutely right. Ditched his friend at the hospital? He didn't upload it to YouTube. This, yes. <laughs> was he conscious? Was the guy who'd been the subject, the object of the horse's affections? Was he conscious when he was the guy who'd been dicked by the horse into the hospital? No, was not conscious. conscious. He couldn't explain what had happened. Oh to my him. god, he was um, torn in half. I would Jesus. never leave you guys. I'd stay and do the whole A and E waiting around with you guys. I promise. I don't think I'd ever <sighs> subject you guys to me being torn in a half by a dick. I well, can't make that promise, Cassie. <laughs> The live, Stay with me. the live episode of The Creep Dive is going to be good. Come back in the room. Okay, we're in the room. Right, so they were able to locate the guy who dropped him off. 54-year-old James Michael Tate. These guys are too old for this nonsense. Really didn't expect this now that they were... Like, I, I thought these were young fellas who'd done it as a dare, wanted to go viral... On YouTube, not YouTube, but want to go viral on the internet. Done it as a dare. I like thought it was jackass, like, like a jackass. We're in jackass yeah. territory back then. This is peak jackass this is time. Johnny Knoxville bullshit. Is it 2005? Probably. Well, it's well, just a little after. Having but seen yeah. the video, there's no way anybody who's seen the video would think that this was a hoax in any way. No, but I didn't Sorry. think they Not did it, it for... Hoax, I didn't it think he... Jol- it wasn't a jolly ha-ha. There was no breakaway to laughter. There was. It was sort of romantic. Sorry. Are you telling me to- that this whole Mr. Hans thing, this video that has traumatised me for nearly a dec over a decade, was someone who had the want to have sex with a horse? Yes. Jesus. I'm right. glad okay. we're not in 2005 I'm anymore. amazed that you're all stopping me so early. In I this. know, sorry, sorry. No, get no, let her get a flow. Let her find a flow. Okay. Right, so where were we? Okay, James Michael Tate was the guy who dropped him off. He lived next to a 39-acre farm. At the, he, he lived in a trailer beside this enormous farm. Uh, the police confiscated the recording of Pinyan, the victim, or Mr. Hans, as his zoophile friends called him, being penetrated by an enormous stallion. Oh my God. Who was called Big Dick. <laughs> Legitimate. And is that short for Big Richard or was it? <laughs> that would be Big Richard with an oar. Big Dick and Mr. Hans. Yeah, so. <laughs> A match made in heaven. <laughs> basically, this guy, James Michaels, trailer was full of these homemade videos right and this wasn't big dick's first rodeo <gasps> right that's a fucking brilliant line wasn't it yeah. yeah get it um yeah so at the time like we were saying bestiality was legal in washington and since there was no evidence of the men abusing animals on any of these tapes like hurting them i guess oh. depends on how you define hurt what was interesting was from my deep dive into these guys I was like well they were only interested in receiving from the male horses yeah there was no action with the mares which is immediately where my mind would go but like can men not stick their dick into anything 
like any sort of yeah, orifice like, yes, hole or whatever. So you wouldn't go find. They've dedicated themselves to exploring yeah. that broad. So why would they go <laughs> find a female horse to do it? That doesn't well, surprise didn't. me. They weren't yeah, interested. I know, but that's that doesn't, but it doesn't surprise, surprise me. You. Okay, yeah. but I think because it was like a stationary vagina that was kind of big, you just stand on a stool, you're in and out, and this the horse doesn't. Yeah, and they would climax from something like that, but this is stimulating them in a different way. Right. Anyway, uh, back we go. So, because there was no evidence of abuse, Tate was only charged with trespassing. So he lived next to this farm. He was, he <laughs> defined himself as a zoophile. Right. And he had a, t- like a gang of friendly friends who met online, met in his trailer, broke in at night into the horses and filmed, filmed themselves being, doing things with the, the willies of the horses. Oh. I I think um, of all the stories we've heard, this is the most disturbing. Is this really shocking? Yeah. It's so senseless. I think that's what I just like. It's just so far reaching. It's like, lads, there's other things to be doing with your time. I just, there's so many elements to this story now that should be considered as being extraordinary. First of all, this guy's proximity to horses with large dicks. The fact that the horse's name was Mr. Big, Big Dick. Dick. The fact that he went on to the internet and entered obviously some sort of chat room, but found people in close enough proximity that were also into having sex with horses with big dicks that they could regularly meet and do it. Yeah. Like, we number chances? in the tens of hundreds. Absolutely right. So, I have a question. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about the dimensions of a horse dick? I can tell you that... Like, would it be like my leg? Yes, Sophie. So... That's a... It's... Yes. Yeah. And it's not tapering. You know the, how your foot might be sort of tapered into a point? The end of a horse dick is kind of thumping. Jeez, like, like a battering ram. Exactly right, if you could, If you could describe it as a household object, what would it be? It would be like... I had one of these in my family home. Perhaps not everyone does. I would say a didgeridoo. I just knew you were going to bring up the didgeridoo. It's right. exactly I just saw it coming the dimensions there. of a fucking didgeridoo. Okay. <sighs> didgeridoo this do. A didgeridoo. A didgeridoo. A didgeridoo. <laughs> does that give you an idea? Yeah. Very um, accurate. It's horrifying. Yeah, it is horrifying. So the scandal here was so salacious. However, that the Washington state made bestiality a class C felony punishable by up to five, five years behind bars with $10,000 uh, fine shortly after Pinion's death with the state voting unanimously for the bill. So this event... Spurred some legislation as it should, yeah. Yeah. No more sex with animals. Good. Yeah. So we're, we're the... In the Progressive move. I've called it here. It was kind of not an accident. Well, I guess it was an accident. He didn't intend to die. As well as the video documentary documenting it became national news and a viral sensation. So back in 2005, I I, I don't know at what point I came along upon it after the fact. Possibly something on Rotten.com. Do you remember Rotten? I remember Rotten.com. Rotten.com. Me and Jen are the product. 
of Rotten.com. We really are. They ra- that raised us. I mean, it wrecked us. It wrecked us. Yeah, um, no, I really distinctly remember being in my friend Lynn's house and these guys from school being like, do you want to come see this video? And we all teetered on over to her plug-in desktop PC and uh, watch the video. Yeah. Should we describe the video? Like, if you Google it now, what you'll find as it goes on to talk about here is lots of reaction videos, like two girls, one cup. Yeah, you they were calling you it two guys, one horse, and then it. Oh, it I think we watched the two girls, one cup video that day as well. It yeah. was a dark day. That was that. That would have been a dark time for you. Um, Learned a lot. So I did, did. Obviously, the the viral sense it bubbled up. Every teenager in the world got involved. And it was all over, obviously, 4chan and all this kind of shit. Uh, so it's a, like, not only did the original Seattle Times report of the death become the publication's most read online article that year, but the story of Mr. Hans and a group of male zoophiliacs who hung out together, got drunk and lined up to get played by horses was the subject of a 2007 documentary called Zoo that later went on to Sundance and Cannes. So I remember Zoo as well. Did you no. ever see that? Zoo is interesting in that it was very art housey kind of documentary. Uh, dealing with such a, it's hard. It's actually hard to watch. And one, it's really boring. Yeah, considering okay. the topic is so salacious, like it's very moody. It's shot almost totally in darkness. Anybody they did get to talk to who was involved wanted to be complete. You know, they're you know com- naturally completely anonymous. anonymous. Um, so it didn't, and it sort of kind of romanticized the whole thing, which was kind of gross as well, in making it sort of super artsy. Yeah. So yeah, no, I don't really recommend the documentary, but it, it definitely kind of hyped up the overall thing. I just still cannot fathom that the I thought so clearly that this was just a jackass prank gone wrong. I cannot believe that there was a trailer full of horse porn. Yeah, and what uh, what this guy Kenneth had been doing, the guy who died, was sort of starting on um, Shetlands and working his way up the kind of size <sighs> ladder before eventually Big Dick Big Dick was the big goal. Jesus, do we know when it started for him? Well, no, this is a thing. So if I go in here now, I did a bit of background on uh, Kenneth, but basically fuck all is known about him like he, he just wasn't very notable he was an so, aircraft engineer yeah exactly that's pretty much like, it so that it, suggests an intelligent individual but, oh god there's a brilliant article that goes on but anyway let's go so the whole enum claw i'm that's literally how it's spelled this place is a huge horse town and uh there's an article here it, it's fucking brilliant uh it's from thestranger.com. Oh, yeah. And it's called, the, the article's called The Animal in You. And so this guy went to Enumclaw about mm. six months after the incident mm. and uh, like to interview people and to find out what the fuck is going on and is this a town situation? Is so, this a town-wide uh, pursuit? Well, it's sort of weird because... Enumclaw, it says, is a horse town near the southern edge of King County, the base of Mount Rainier. So you won't believe how upset people here were when they heard about it, said a waitress in some cafe in town. Mm. Uh, So she goes on to say, so basically horse people around here were really pissed. It was like they were ready to kill those guys. 
you just don't fuck horses. <laughs> It's just wrong. And that's all I hear while serving tables. So these people there in this horse town love Like, they loved horses. And there's sort of a fine line, you know, the love stroking no, their hair. No, no, Gazing into their eyes. No. Lying down with them. Some people were saying they used to kind of take naps in the barn. Or, like, when, the, when it was, you know, cold, they'd sleep in with the horse. I mean, it had this kind of weird... Anyway. No. So <laughs> it just gives me the deepest, darkest, like feeling in the pit of my stomach. Probably like Mr. Hans had after he was penetrated. Oh, oh God. It just, yeah. But it's when you just Google it now, so fucking you'll find a, what Joe Rogan talked about it a bit with one of his guests on his podcast. You know, he videos his podcast and he watches it live. And so you're watching him watch it. Sorry. You're watching, yeah. And uh, it's the audio, and it's actually the audio bit that's very difficult to forget. Mm -hmm. And it's just the sound of the thrust and your man sort of kind of groan screaming internally. And that was <sighs> it, that was it. That would have been the bit that finished him off. And then the retraction of the giant, uh, the giant... Didgeridong. Didgeridong. And then it's obviously, it has, there's gloop and everything so um oh God. this article is just sensational though so he goes then he goes on to do a bit of research into the dead man kenneth so he says very little is known about his death so the enumclaw police department stated that he was involved sorry let's see now yeah with working for boeing for eight years outside of that all that's left in the public records is document a deed of trust which was filed less than a month before he died. So this is a house he bought uh, just a month before. So he died before he paid his first mortgage repayments. Um, so the house is not close to the Boeing. Yeah, interesting. The house is nowhere near his work, but it, it does have a small barn. So this journalist... Priorities. ...drives up then to find this house he describes being like this thing was impossible to find the house the house she said he said it's a blue manufactured home deep in the woods accessed by a dirt road and the day he visited on november of 2005 he chanced uh, a meeting with two of kenneth's neighbors a middle-aged woman and her teenage son so they were sitting in a running automobile He goes on to say, the very machine that cost the horse its prominent place in human society. The hmm. mother was cheerful and the son looked bored. He asked them if they knew Kenneth Pinyan. He's a nice guy, always friendly, said the mother. I don't think he's home right now, though. Evidently, she had no idea that What? her neighbor had been dead for nearly six months. So the journalist refrained from breaking the news to her at that point. Oh, God. She goes on to say, he just moved in not too long ago. Seems like a really happy guy. Oh, God. Why does he need all this property, I asked. Doesn't he live by himself? She said, oh, the last time I saw him, he told me he'd bought a horse and he was planning to bring it over here, she replied cheerily. From the gate of Pinion's property, one can see a miniature red barn. If Pinion hadn't died that day, not only would bestiality still be legal in Washington State, but here, near the shores of Oak Harbor, an engineer 
who worked on the most complex machine in the history of the world would be practically married to a horse, a descendant of the dominant means of transport for centuries. I really like the parallels that he's he's pulling here. It's beautiful, isn't it? Beautiful. On the surface, the situation would have looked normal. Pinion, a proud equestrian by day, brushing his horse's mane, riding the handsome creature. But at night, he would cross the line. Anyway, at this point, the journalist revealed Pinion's situation. Madam, your neighbour is no longer amongst the living. Her face clouded with sadness. He's dead, she said. That is just awful. I didn't know. Then the journalist explained the manner in which he died. And the woman's sadness turned to shock. (laughs) He liked to play the guitar, the woman's son said, apropos of nothing. He loved to make music. And that's the end of the article. Uh, you're just going to leave yeah. us in that weird oh my end God. of Kenneth. Yeah. You read that like it was a nice bedtime story, but it really, really wasn't. But I tell you, I have not been able to, I'm really glad to have got that out of my system now because it's been sort of floating around in my head. Just can't unsee the film, basically. So I'll I describe it to it. you. So it is um, just, the, I don't know how long it is in total, but the bit I saw was, uh, you can't see his face. It's the profile of a nude man and he's bent over a bale of hay. It's it's very lovely lit. It's like nighttime, kind of artfully lit. You don't see a full horse. You just hear like the grunting sounds. And then the horse kind of is, I can't remember exactly, but appears, you just see that, you don't see the horse's face either, anonymous. (laughs) And uh, this enormous two-toned didgeridoo is fed in and there's an enormous thrust oh my god then there's the scream groan then there's the withdrawal and then then that's it that's it that's the end that's the end of the story have we gone too far with this one well, I think that last description might have actually done it. Do you the think there's people perfect, listening to this no. being like, I'm enjoying this week's podcast? No, I I just had this yeah. absolute hurty, horrified face for the last 20 minutes. Sorry. Had to get out of the Why system. Why did you do that? Well, do you know what, what we'll is, do is... That's what I always do, though. You you have to purge the badness by passing it. it on to yeah, somebody else. It's that. like it follows. I get a creepy story and then I have to go and find Seb and like offload it onto him. And he's like, I know what you're trying to do here. I did it. (sighs) I feel fucking marvellous. See, you feel great and I feel actually nauseous. I'm cleansed. I think I could have gone way deeper. (laughs) Do you think Mr. Big could have? Mr. Big. No, Cassie, that was a cheap laugh. That was brilliant. Get out. Get your coat. That's the story of Hans. Okay. Now, happiness in the end because like they changed the law there. It's great. That they reformed and Absolutely. made some progress. Absolutely. Okay, we need some cleansing palette. Cleansers. Anybody got an amuse bouche? Because uh, I have a I have a very short little one, not quite as dark as that, but topical. Okay. Is it dark as well? No, it nothing is as dark as I'm being just frightened. Now I'm just in the fetal position, afraid a horse is going to mount me. I think I'm desensitized. I feel like that was totally digestible. I have. Was it not? Like you just threaded it, threaded it into us like a two-tone horse dick. 
Well, I used a lot of lubrication, I thought. Yeah, you did. You teased it <laughs> you out. Lubricated nice. it with quotes from The Stranger, which is good. That was brilliant. I want to read that, read that article. I'll that send sounds, you the yeah, link. That was really good. Um, oh, my God. Will somebody just hold me, but in a non-bestiality related way? Just like a the cozy way? I've seen researching this article. I, so I really want to see the video. Do you want to really hear what else I've seen up and in people? Will I even say that? Just a quick run through. Yeah. Snake. So a snake inside a woman. Okay. I saw a hamster get fed up a woman through a tube. Right. I saw, <laughs> ugh, I saw someone finger a chicken and I really, <laughs> I didn't, in, I thought that, that would, I turned it off then. Finger licking <laughs> good. Oh my God. Finger licking good. <laughs> It's, that was bad I thought I'd had enough I'd, like in a way I'm like you know I don't kind of mind animals riding people I don't really want to see people riding animals animals yeah no I know it's the worst kind of it's just the worst it's traumatic thing what that I can imagine say again it's just wrong <laughs> it's just wrong it's just wrong it's not what you're supposed to do with horses it's not supposed to fuck a horse um <laughs> Interestingly, my story also features animals, but not also in a gross way, but not that gross. Um, so just to give this some context, we usually record this podcast on a Thursday evening and put it out on a Friday night. We're recording this week on a Wednesday because tomorrow is Valentine's Day. And we're getting our holes. And um, we planned <laughs> so that story. I decided to go back and answer where does Valentine's Day come from? Okay. Because everyone assumes it's to do with this St. Valentine. Isn't he in Dublin Castle or St. Patrick, Patrick's Cathedral? In- well, let me tell you, right? There are two St. Valentines and neither are actually really connected to why we celebrate Valentine's Day at this time of the year. But both big fans of bestiality. <laughs> Not quite, right? So valentine's day has origins in something actually quite dark and very unromantic so think of this when you're having your dinner in dunleary tomorrow so it goes back <laughs> so to the, so specific. it goes right at? back to the ancient romans who from the 13th to the 15th of february celebrated a feast called lubercalia now we're talking oh no, now right? we're sucking dick and it was a festival that was to avert evil spirits and purify the city releasing health and fertility releasing yeah so like to spur on the good health and fertility of the people of this city they would have this like three-day festival that was just a load of batshitness going on romans are mad for this fucking mental right so should they were like the original sesh moths yeah (laughs) they love to sesh they love the old sesh and they love their old vomitorium do you remember that vomitorium from your history of course i do Bring it back. Going into Purge Bring and then going back into Gorge and more stuff. These have a guy who'd be the feather guy. Yeah. Who would, his job was to make people sick. Yeah. People, but you know, the sometimes Romans there's nothing better the than a good little puke. Do you know what the modern equivalent of that is? I've established. A sneaky chunder before you go out. Ew. No. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. I meant like of that job. Oh, like, right. Okay. The go modern on. version of the th- the throat tickler vomit juicer is that guy who walks around carrying Donatella Versace's ashtray. Oh, yeah. 
I'm going to hire one of those when we're really successful. Um, I'm really worried about your sneaky gender before you go out. Oh, do you comment. know, sometimes. Do we need to have an intervention, Cassie? I never Romans. get out anymore. I'm here with you guys once again in my Secret, evenings. Secretly chundering away. But you've all your internet so, friends. So the festival had its own priesthood, the Luberachi, who would Sexy. take, do you like, I'm going to do my accents now, I'm going to try really hard, who would take a special... They'd take to a special altar and they'd sacrifice a male goat, sometimes multiple goats, and a dog. The goat and the dog stood for different things that I cannot remember now and I didn't write it down, but some one was like fertility, one was health, that okay. kind of thing, right? Um, offerings of salted meal cakes were also made, prepared by the Vestal Virgins. Salted meal cake. I imagine they're Appetizing. like... Yeah, like I imagine Dry. some sort of dried little oat <laughs> cake type thing. And then after the blood sacrifice of the goat and the dog, two new Luberatia priests would come to the altar. Their foreheads would be smeared with blood from the sacrificial <laughs> knife. Then they were clean with the wool and they were expected to smile and laugh throughout this whole thing. So it's like, whoa, whoa, we're being covered in blood or whatever. So intense. And the, the, the name that these people had basically loosely translated as like the brotherhood of the wolves. So think like... I'm thinking, I'm thinking frat boys, mm. wolfing, whistling, laughing, blood, gory shit, sacrificing goats well, and dogs. Involved. I kind were of took it to there? incels. I was like, these are early incels. Where did the women come in? I hear you ask, right? Then the men of the city would kill and skin animals, take the skin and whip the women of the city. And the women would line up to be whipped with all this Blood newly newly skinned. skinned hide and get whipped because they thought it brought on fertility <gasps> Noel Lenski a historian from the University of Colorado describes the Romans as romantics they were drunk and they were often naked during the ceremony then the fair would end with the women putting their names into a an urn in the city and the men would go and pick out a woman's name and then the couple would be coupled for the duration of the festival or longer if the match was right. So a lot of the time these matches ended in ah, marriage and marriage. OK, so it was like a cute, like a like a matchmaking festival. I'd, yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Tinder. Early, yeah. But with instead of like, swiping, you're whipping. You're whipping with fresh. <laughs> with fresh. Hide. Do you ever wonder still bloody. how you get to that point? Does it happen once that I, I fell on a bit of raw hide and fell pregnant and people put two and two together? Like, how, how do they get to that point? I have no idea. I have no idea, right? I think it always starts more with like a, I fell on a bit of freshly skinned hide and it felt nice. Mm. How will I tack a bit of, I don't know, you know a kind of a moral or a point to this and therefore bring it into kind of common use okay i'd like for this to happen i want more. for this to happen every year i'm okay with it not happening <laughs> um so then the name valentine's came from the romans as well because emperor claudius ii executed two men called valentine both on february 14th and different at different years in the third century ad so one of them was well, they were both, their martyrdom was, their martyrdom was honoured by the Catholic Church. So they both became saints. So we're not, we're not sure which Saint Valentine is the origin of Valentine's Day. But one of them was known to 
um, marry soldiers in secret. So this emperor, Claudius II, had banned soldiers being married because he said that married soldiers were shit and they were distracted and they weren't allowed to get married. And then this one St. Valentine was, or one Valentine went and he married them in secret. So he's so, a romantic. So he was a bit of a romantic and like modern day romance is, is attributed back to him. And then he was put under... He was arrested and he was put under the observation of a man called Judge uh, Judge Asterius. And these, the like the emperor and the judge weren't Catholics. They weren't Christian. So Saint, or Valentine started talking to Judge Asterius about religion. Asterius said he had an adopted daughter who was blind. And if he could go, if, if Valentine could go and uh, cure his daughter, he would then be convinced of the power of God. Apparently Valentine went, placed his hands on his daughter's eyes, prayed with her, cured her, and then all of Judge Asterius's household converted to Christianity. But then Valentine was later arrested again by Empress, Emperor Claudius II, placed under his care. And he actually really liked him, but uh, he kept harping on about the religion thing. And Claudius was like, no, fuck this. I'm not going to convert to Christianity. Please piss off. And he executed them on the... February 14th but apparently the night before his execution he wrote a he wrote a letter to the daughter of Asterius the girl he had cured of blindness and he signed off the letter from your valentine ah. and that's how we have those lovely valentine's cards so there you go it is not a holiday that has been made up by Hallmark to sell cards and box of chocolates interesting it was a holiday made up by the Romans to beat whip and impregnate women but but rooted in fertility. So it is, re- I mean. Kind of, like, they, they just combined the two. There was also a, uh, somewhere in Europe, they were celebrating a, they had like a feast day called Galantus. And they reckon that the name, it all just kind of got merged into one because it was like a spring festival, the Lubracci festival. And then Valentine being killed on February 14th. Two Valentines. So, very nice. So yeah, Those they just, Romans. the Romans just combined they them just all. They knew how to party. Like, yeah. Have you ever really seen look- Caligula? No. <laughs> That's a creep time. Is it like just a big orgy? Yeah. Whatever happens with Feature length. sort of the children. Do you know what I mean? Like, were they just rearing themselves in the background? The Roman kids. Do you know what I'm kind of saying? I feel like there's a lot of, or is that just they all just, we ever hear about? I'm sure there the was parties. like a play cafe atorium. <laughs> <laughs> they'd send them off to. Well, they had the pedagogus. Pedagogus. What's that? The early pedophile. <laughs> that's <laughs> no, right. Tell us had, more. That's just what they called their tutors. Wasn't it? Pedagogues? Keep going. There's something... I'm recalling something now. Just that they were like the, the tutors that taught the kids. Here's a question. I think was they were there... like every family had one for the kids. What does it mean? Uh, like you're, They just had, probably just had servants look after them while their parents were off getting whipped. Getting sick and getting bloody. whipped. Writhing in the streets. Having a whale of a time at the Bacchanal. Imagine what that party would be like. It like you going always with the Christianity wrecking the bus. Well Absolutely in fairness right. now the Christianity was like stop Slaughtering, slaughtering animals, animals and whipping each other okay. with them that's not how it works but imagine going to a party getting complete like if you were a roman going to a party taking your toga off getting covered in blood getting whipped with hide going to your vomitory and puking a little bit and going back and starting all over again it just really amazing. reminds me of art college <laughs> <laughs> i know 
<laughs> what a mess. Brilliant though. Do you know, even when you look back, it was the very early, like prostitution was fully part oh, of yeah. society back then. And they have on the walls of toilets, or sorry, what would have been the kind of public toilets, they've old ads for, you'll find like an address and like a slogan attached. Really? Yeah. There's old Definite advertising. Fact. They've no, no, no. It's definitely like the, there's old tiles and old kind of scrolls in walls and stuff. I remember reading about that. I would like to reach out to any historian listeners. Oh, Although I feel like they'd avoid are amazing. this stuff. Yeah, well, there's lots of weird ass shit. We I know. I'm really interested in, in learning about proper historical creeps. Well, that is a really interesting section. Caligula. Yeah. Sorry, Caligula is a film, but is a story? Well, it was a, it was a guy as well. It was a guy. What did he do? Everyone. Right, was he? Oh, yeah. And, yeah, I'm sure he's a good creep dive. I don't know, the, I can't really remember the kind of ins and outs. <laughs> I tell you, I tell you. That was great classy. because thankfully... Valentine's Day special. Valentine's Day special. Hey, this, is, this whole pod's been really about love so far. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. Well, it has. You could really take it in a couple of ways. Well, they, they like in mine, those lads, they were, they called themselves zoophiles. Zoophiles. Yes. These, and I think this it was is a special a priesthood. Love for, they described their relationships with the horses in depth and in a loving fashion. Okay. So are we, are we genuinely going to put this out to the Irish public and say this is a special on love when we've talked about a man being ripped in half by a didgeridong and women lining up to get whipped by Hyde look yeah we should fuck it we will I'm not judging be a bit clickbaity won't it yeah love special you you better have something love related I'll shoehorn something in well considering I'll didgeridong something in here considering we don't discuss the previous stories I'm amazed that we're kind of on brand sometimes we kind of align you're Magically. eating now. You're doing the very fucking thing. Look, at it. it's an M&M as well. I purposely moved the microphone away. But now you can still hear your you mouth. You can't hear it. I've got the headphones on. Do you want to produce this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Could if I wanted to. Uh, let me see. How can I, how can I make this about love? Okay. Okay. I, I'm Just gonna... throw a lie in there. Okay. Give, gonna... us, give us a headliner, whatever okay. you call it. The headline is how Joe Manuela found love. I that M M&M and M is so loud. I it's it's actually the mic's distracting not it me. up. She's the one with the headphones. It's she so knows. Fine. Say it again. Okay, so I'm just gonna sit over here and suck the sugar off this M M&M. and M. Just Let allow it, dissolve. it to dissolve on the tongue. Love it. Okay, here is the long and circuitous tale of how Joe Manuela found love. We're in. Okay. So, Joe Manuela. Joan or Joe? Joe. Joseph Manuela. Born Brooklyn Heights, 1952. Joseph, the naughtiest name on a survey that was completed today or yesterday on the radio. <laughs> FYI. I love the raised index finger as if you were like a sensual factoid to throw in at this point. Do you mean naughtiest because of like Joseph Stalin and... No, children with the name Joseph apparently behaved the boldest. Very bold. Future I know a Joseph. Stalins. I know a Joseph who's a drug dealer, yeah. Well, mm. you just outed him. <laughs> Didn't give a second name. Could be Joseph anyone. 
just that Finish M&M. my M&M. It's unbelievably loud. Okay, go. Okay, so Joseph Manuela was an unremarkable person in every way except in terms of appearances. So is he, he right? He was quite remarkable, actually. No. Okay. <laughs> but he did have a remarkable face. In a good way or bad way? As in people remarked on it. Oh. So he was born in Brooklyn Heights in the 50s, right? So he's kind of in his 20s, kind of in the 70s. As a young actor, also born in Brooklyn Heights in the 50s, um, was coming up and his star was ascending. And that actor was Bobby De Niro. Okay, Robert De Niro. And why people... <laughs> no, Seb told me that all my attempts were so bad that I wasn't to do them on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I might, I'll, I'll kind of warm up into it. So basically, people, the, what people were remarking to Joe Manuela was, hey, you look like that new Italian actor, Bobby De Niro. You look like Bobby De Niro, Joe. Uh-huh. And Joe was like, I fucking do look a bit like Bobby De Niro. <laughs> and come here, did he? He did, he does. Right. Now, he looks, yeah, look, there's a striking resemblance. I've got to be honest, I, when I went on the deep dive for pickies, I said, this looks like Bob Robert De Niro look, doing a very OTT impression of Robert De Niro. Okay. So he's like doing the, what's the Contorted, fake? Contorted, yeah. You're d- I, it's, it's, this is not a visual medium. But yeah. <laughs> he's doing the, a yeah. yeah. Anyway, so Joe Manuela... Like, as I said, hasn't a huge amount going for him in terms of intellect and ambition and, you know. Harsh. (laughs) Well, it's just that, well, if he did, I doubt he would have gone the route he ended up going. Okay. Which was kind of playing a sort of off-brand Robert De Niro. Because don't we all get told on occasion that you look a bit like somebody? Is it like... Then taking that line and saying, I'm going to make a career out of this. Yeah, completely that. Can we take a sidebar for a second to establish who people have been compared to ever? Okay. Jen, let's go. I can't fucking, I never remember anyone's name. A show about two girls making cupcakes. She has a face. Go on. What? There's an actress. She's an American actress. Cupcakes. Two broke girls. Yeah. You're one from that. Yeah. Oh yeah, okay, uh, could see that. I mean, it's boring. Cat Denning, who that's knows? is that her name? Yeah, Cat Denning. It's the hair. I'm a bit disappointed by it. To I be think honest. that's actually kind of a bit of a low blow. Who said that? Very low, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> My husband. Um, I've only ever gotten the cartoon Daria. It's brilliant, and Cassie. Well, it couldn't be fucking couldn't better. be more accurate. Are you happy yeah. with that? Um, could be worse. Yeah, just cartoon like you Selfie? all know mine. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> Always and forever. R.I.P. <laughs> Phil. <laughs> okay. Um, it's funny because it's true. <laughs> I know. So, Joseph Manuela became a body double for Robert De Niro. So, he actually, this guy has an IMDb page and he actually has quite a lot of credits. But, like, the main credits are for playing either body double to De Niro or some riff on an almost De Niro. 
in the he movie He's not with an him? actor in his own right. So no, say in like De Niro's um, big movies, The Fan and Great Expectations, which were kind of 90s flicks, uh, Joe Manuela was employed as De Niro's body double. So that's oh, when so like they're, amazing. they're shooting crowd scenes and like they don't want to annoy De Niro and get him to come around and stand around on set for ages while they're doing this stuff. So they do body double stuff. Do you know, apparently Tom Cruise does never use a body double. He wants to do all of his stunts. I think he thinks he's protected by Scientology. I literally dying. think he's masturbating while he's delivering that sound bite. Possibly. Anyway, um, so this was all going fine for Joe Manuela, insofar as if you had fairly low expectations from your life and you wanted to just play a nearly De Niro. De Niro. No, oh, it's the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a De Nierlio or whatever. <laughs> it would have all been grand, but well, it was going grand. It was going grand, but Manuela actually wanted more. He wanted more, and the thing was that in his day-to-day life, he was constantly being mistaken for Robert De Niro. He must have been pretty close. So he was actually getting a lot of the kind of, you know. Fame adjacent stuff, but that's horrible because you're without, like, nah, you're letting everyone without down. the paycheck, without the paycheck, without the kind of joy of doing the work and like being kind of accomplished in a, a field. But he was getting the attention, so kind of as the 90s were drawing to a close, he was kind of starting to just kind of cruise on a wave of De Niro. De Niro. <laughs> it's De Niro, in, it already is there. De Niro, okay. And it, but he was doing kind of a very low grade grift with okay. it, like so. And I kind of see where this begins, and I can see how it's very easy to suddenly find yourself, you know, just letting people believe it, because you're getting a good table in a restaurant. The next thing you know, you're actually just getting that meal on credit because you're De Niro. Everyone knows you're good for it. Hey, I'm good for it. I'm no good way. for it. I'll he... get you next time. I'll get you next time. But hold on. That would have meant people were legitimately mistaking him. Yes, people were legitimately mistaking him. Okay. Um, he was getting girls. Now, that again, for after last week with the whole, you can't be having a ride with someone if they think you're somebody else. It's not cool. It is not. Really not. No, not cool. And this he did a lot. You would get, what happens when you get rumbled? Well, the thing as well is that like De Niro's a good looking guy. This guy, Joe Manuelo, is a good looking guy. If he had any real personality about him, surely he could have got by on, oh yeah, it's funny, I look really like De Niro, like, and sleep with them on a truthful but he was setting he was, playing field. But no, he was just and you'd down have to it. set it up. You'd have to be like, "Look, I have to go to your place because I'm filming on location. My, what I don't my carry cash, so spontaneously combusted. Exactly. Do you have any money? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm De Niro. I'll pay you back. And then also, how do you leave in the morning? Well, crucially, he has some sort of income from all the body double work, but like not flashy. The body double work, you know, no, very intermittent. Like, he's only got a handful of credits, really. Like, it's good compared to how many credits, say, I have on IMDb, which is none. But, like, mm. it's still, it's not really a steady income. Where his steady income was at was making appearances as De Niro. At parties. At parties, yeah. Do you know who does this as well? Scott Disick. 
from the Kardashians. But he's Makes appearances as Scott Disick. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even sadder. <laughs> so anyway, um, there was even more. <laughs> what a sham. What a sham. You're not the real Scott Disick. Wait, who is Scott Disick? What is a Scott Disick? Okay, there was another issue. Robert De Niro has a very distinctive mole. Joe Manuela does not possess the same distinctive mole. That's an easy fix. Yeah. Yeah, Put but marker. Yeah, but then if you go, what happens when you have sex with someone? You have a lot of face to body gyrating luby contact. That mole was roaming, I'd say. I'd say there are women unearthing that mole in their pubic hair. Is this how he was rumbled? No. Okay, so he was going along the late 90s, a trail of irate restaurateurs who felt, had thought they'd been shafted by Robert De Niro. Mm-hmm. Um, women who thought they'd slept with Robert De Niro. Um, ho- hotels. He also ran up a lot of hotel bills. Always real shitty hotels. Yeah. So, like, it's literally like if you picture going into the Holiday Inn and being like, it's me, Bobby De Niro. I need a hotel for the next few nights. You know, I'm good for it. This, this is literally the extent of it. this guy's... You'd be like, oh, I'm laying low. Nobody will think I'm here. They'd be like, you're right. Yeah. Well, look, I think basically he went too meta on his life as a Robert De Niro impersonator and began to somehow believe that hype, his own bullshit. But I think that's a whole extension of the experience of like sort of living the fame life on loads of levels in terms of getting all this attention. Are you looking him up, Cass? Trying to. But, like, again, it's such a facade. There's nothing behind it. You, it's you have, sad. It's pretty sad. So, anyway, um, so... But he's then, getting loads of kickbacks. So can, he's getting kickbacks. But, like, how long was that going to be able to go on for? Well, ever. Especially Presumably ages. No, because especially because it's Robert freaking De Niro. And after a while, all these people came out of the woodwork and started bitching De Niro out in the tabloids of for being um, a bill dodger. On his wives. And yeah, and shirking bloody hotel room charges. So then um, Robert De Niro hired private investigators to go and get to the bottom of all this. In the meantime, Joe. His ambitions grew and he wanted to do more than just be like Robert De Niro. He wanted to be Robert De Niro. Mm -hmm. And that meant being in a movie. Now, no one was going to... He's very like him. Sorry. He's really like him. He's very like him. Yeah. Um, No one was going to invest in a movie with Joe Manuela attached. Oh, for fuck's sake. But they would invest in a movie... That had Robert De Niro attached. This is madness. Now, this is where the grift gets kind of weird and sad. So, it was like in 1999, right? So, Manuela had written this Vietnam War movie script about two brothers from the Deep South. And it was kind of supposed to be shot in like a mockumentary style, which is just unusual because, like, I don't know, you know, they didn't really have, like, documentaries of, in, during Vietnam well they did but like mockument it just was 
I'm just confused by that. But anyway, um, and he needed a place to shoot his film, right? Among a million other things he needed, such as like DOPs and equipment and actual, money. you know, money and talent. But anyway, he found a guy called Julius Leonard. He was a bit of a kind of like a, just a sad sack who owned a Vietnam War museum like a kind of roadside Vietnam War Museum in upstate New York. And it was one of those kind of places where like, you know, he lived in this big house on his own and he'd like made the basement and the front living room into a Vietnam War room. Oh, and God. like, I'd say he sat around for days on end waiting for people to stop. God help the person I that did. I know, I know. And anyway, poor Julius Leonard, he'd started it because his brother was killed in Vietnam. Oh. So it's really fucking sad. So, so then Joe the Manuela. Yeah, phone hero. Thank you. I did spend ages Very doing this research and going like, I can't come up with a good fake Bobby De Niro name. Okay. So anyway, this fucking phone hero comes to fuck with poor old Julius Leonard, who never hurt nobody. Who clearly believed every word. Well, anyway, so Joe, like he kind of just about has enough sense to be like, Robert De Niro wouldn't come himself in person. So he recruits an associate um, called Randy Whiteman. <laughs> Authorities believed this was an alias. <laughs> I think they may be right. And so he, Randy Whiteman was to go and approach Julius Leonard and describe the project. Name drop, De Niro is attached and negotiate them filming in the Vietnam War Museum and in all this guy's surrounding land, right? Mm -hmm. The next thing, Julius Leonard spends 30K of his own money building the set for this bogus movie. Shit. I presume the script of which he hadn't even read. I mean, who knows? But the B Bobby De Niro name. It's like Fry Festival flashbacks. <laughs> Fire, exactly. <laughs> totally. Like, what I feel I like we need a word for the confidence that like mediocre men exude. Oh, yeah. Like, there has to be just like... Icarus. It is baffling. Baffling. Yeah. yeah. But if we could always... just have a, have a little... Midgen of it. But all know. they know is that mediocrity working. Because yeah. like, if you're just a fucking person with a dick hanging off your body, you're fairly okay. And you're white, obviously, and middle class or whatever. Yeah, In I way, feel like they just come out of the womb when they're given like Series B funding to go yeah. off and like have their mediocre ideas <laughs> realised. I'm going to open a museum in my front room. I'm going to be nice to, to the Julius world, baby. Still he was though. remembering his brother. It's a bit notion. Here's listen, half listen. a mil for 10%. <laughs> what did the 30k go on? I'll tell you. Underground tunnels... And oh. a helipad, oh. among other things. This is a whole lot of digging. So now, at this point, Julius Leonard was having a load of like daily interactions with Phone Hero. And <laughs> I presume like the drawn on mole was just like ever so <laughs> subtly shifting in location from day to day. I mean, this guy's not going to be like... difficult to pull one over on though. I know, but I feel like if. If your grift required like a daily drawn on, mo just tattoo it on. That's all. Yeah. You just get I guess, a tattoo. Yeah. Like so easy. Or make a template so you know it's going on the same spot I'd every day. way better than this guy. Anyway, um, so Julius Leonard um, began to start questioning things because 
I suppose the phone hero was a bit of like an unusual character who like never had any money. He was always kind of like bitching about buying supplies. <laughs> um, like you saw him like squabbling over some $300 bill and thought that was kind of weird that this big Hollywood star was annoyed at paying $300 for some camera equipment. Um, they also, once at the end of a day's shooting, he actually caught... Joe Manuela slash Robert De Niro stealing some of the props from the set <laughs> and was like, this is really weird. Like, I can't believe Robert De Niro steals props. How did it get this far before he realized? I know they'd actually started, they did actually done some shooting for sure. Now, the thing about this movie was I find it quite hard to find any like decent actual kind of wrap up to where they left off with Do it. Get, this guy must have known. Maybe he no. was like, maybe it's... No, no. Like, a part of the agreement, agreement that they struck was that they would write a scene into the movie that paid tribute to Julius Leonard's poor dead vet brother. Oh, right. Stop. Yeah. And that never, obviously, materialised. Um, so anyway, this movie, right, is rumbling on as De Niro's private investigators are, like, circling and tr- getting ever closer to finding the source, of, source all of, of all this bad press that De Niro's been getting about shafting hoteliers and boning women. Plus, um, like a false credit card in the name of Robert De Niro had also um, shown up on their radar. So they were now like, I think we've got somebody on fraud here for death. Because as we've seen again and again, with this kind of random lying, sometimes you can actually kind of operate just... To the left of the law. Yeah, and unless not, you're doing anything that's actual You're not criminal harm. as such. You're just weird. Yeah. Like when so, Samantha Azapardi told people she was Lindsay Lohan. There you go. It was fine. So um, can I just tell you as well the name of the real De Niro's private investigator? Because yes. it's really good. Rich De Sabatino. Sabatino. De Sabatino. So Rich De Sabatino was circling and had found finally... Joe Manuela. And he was like, hey, Bobby, we got him. And Bobby was like, set it up. So they booked him for an appearance in a Holiday Inn. Ooh. And Manuela, believing he was walking into an Italian wedding to make one of his, you know, many appearance. appearances Paid for appearance. which he usually made $1,000. That was a lookalike gig, though. That's a lookalike gig, yeah. Walked into the Holiday Inn and straight into a police sting. So... He was actually charged with criminal impersonation, um, but let off like with barely anything. Well, I mean, he he was booked on grand larceny and petite larceny, which apparently is a thing and it sounds Cute. adorable. Um, he, they think the credit card was basically the kind of most Actual damning thing that they could really thing. get him on, but he didn't use the credit card. Like he wasn't he, charging charges he used it as to Robert De Niro, exactly. So that was the thing. Like he didn't actually steal using the credit card. You know what I mean? And mm. um, it turned like in, during the kind of court proceedings, kind of hilarious. Sort of started to come out that like Joseph Manuela drove around Manhattan in a Mercedes Benz with a cigar in his mouth, like legit, just acting like De Niro on the daily. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Like Good it's sad for you that Philip Hemor, whatever his name is. Soft, what the fuck? <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman is dead now, so because you could have really made a fortune. Could we call you Philip Sophie Hoffman? Yes, please do. Yeah. Yes, Philip Seymour Softman. 
Philip Seymour. I can't even say it. Philip Seymour Softman. So it's, poor. What happened next? So, Did he go to jail? Did he ever no, meet De Niro? He didn't go to jail. Robert De Niro fucking hates his guts. Obviously. Robert De Niro is a madman, though, isn't he? I don't know. Like, he seems just kind of like kind of a little dirty old granddad now. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Kind of like hates you tolerate him. Oh, hates the guy. Now, so that all the charges petered out into virtually nothing. And um, Joe Manuelo, like, he did have another brush with the law a couple of years later in 2003 when he broke into his ex girlfriend's place, stole a mattress and some condoms. <laughs> presumably to St- like excuse me stole a mattress I know fair play how do you do that like I barely want the ones I own never mind lugging around one that I'm stealing like they're so cumbersome steal one very yeah. difficult yeah and it's also like a New York walk up like so you're coming down four fucking and a bunch of johnnies and a bunch of I presume it's some kind of cock blocking motion alright but in a random twist she actually lived in the building that Jodie Foster's character in Taxi Driver lived in and that's the building where like at the end of Taxi Driver Robert De Niro goes oh, berserker yeah. mode oh yeah so there's a little twisty twoo now where Manuel is at now ish now is that he's found love Aww. With um, an Air Force pilot. Tell me it's another, another lookalike. No, no. Um, and they live in upstate New York. And I think that they have... Sorry. Oh, yeah. Just... No, no, no. Don't mind us. <laughs> what are you just catching up on a bit of... No, just fucking, went off. Whatever. Just, just went there. off. Just Sorry, went off. Just went off. Anyway. I'll cut that door. <laughs> <laughs> so he's found love with someone and he's married to this woman. And I feel that is promising because... He was a creep for many years. I love it. I'm glad a creep like him has found love. So am and I. That's, I'm only making a big thing of that because we've now suddenly had this love theme introduced. Well, good. But where I was actually going to finish it with was that, um, so remember, he's got like a fucking enemy in real Robert De Niro. So then, what do you think Manuela does next? But take part in a short film called Look Twice. Which is all about the lives I see what you're doing there. of celebrities, of doppelgangers, impersonators. Yeah. Yes, so it stars Manuela and a Joe Pesci impersonator. They always like the worst. Like, who wants to be the Joe Pesci? Oh, I'm damn. sorry, is that mean? But anyway, so like, there's a whole short documentary. Is all like footage of the two of them making their appearances, and then like Manuela drawing on his mole and rehearsing you're De Niro right. quotes, like. It's really you sad. Talking to me? You yeah. talking to me? You must be talking to me. Yeah, terrible impersonation. What they did next was quite fun. Little bit of kind of real time trolling of De Niro. They submitted it to the Tribeca Film Festival, nice. a festival founded by Robert De Niro. Brilliant. And Robert De Niro has to watch and vet every film that goes into the festival. Does he? <laughs> yes. And did he? That's time consuming. He was apparently wouldn't comment about the movie or its eligibility, but his lawyer, Tom Harvey, said of Manuela, quote, he's pathetic and it's sad that he hasn't learned his lesson. I hope he seeks help. Harsh. It's clear that he just wants to keep orbiting around De Niro in any way he can. Irritating mosquito. But it's almost like, the. it's actually, it's so much art imitating life here because that's almost the plot line of The Fan, which is Robert De Niro's, for like early film that 
Joe Manuela played his double in as well and mm-hmm. he was like a stalkery Robert De Niro plays a stalkery fan of a baseball player and like it's really weird little kind of symmetry there isn't full it full circle kind of full lifestyle thing there. yeah and then also in another bit of art mirroring life another one of Joe Manuela's IMDB credits is for a movie called Searching for Bobby D made in 2005 and the plot of this movie is some young filmmakers are trying to get a movie off the ground and they decide to announce to investors that Robert De Niro is attached and then they spend the rest of the movie looking for a Robert De Niro alike. Brilliant. Faux Nero. Faux Nero, I'm really happy with how he's gone on in life and fuck real Rob. Yeah, and you know what? I'm actually on Joe's side here because if he had originally wanted to be an actor anyway did he like he was kind of entering into that world like he did at some points like work as a um as a part of the fire brigade i don't think they call it that in the states what do they call it he was a fireman firefighter at some point are you okay you're gonna piss yourself oh she's gone it's trickling. It's gone to ears. So. Trickling. So basically, the movie it seems has been kind of scrapped. Eventually, at the behest of Manuela, because he decided that um, there was actually potential that the film might reveal too much to the law in terms of his own misdeeds. But yeah, so that's the story of uh, Faux Nero. That is brilliant. But I'm actually on Joe's side because if you were someone who had slight visions of being somewhat successful in that kind of acting art realm and someone came along who had your face you do what you could we all do what we could with what we've got absolutely like I don't think it's his fault that Robert De Niro stole his face and therefore cut his chances of success in half but also just now to take you to a seedy hotel room in New Jersey circa 1998 picture Joe Manuela romancing a young Robert De Niro fan who believed De Niro was inside her. Not okay. Not okay. Not okay. And how does that whole night play out? A lot of weird, creepy lying about early calls for set in the morning (laughs) and moles roaming around the face. Not okay. Hey, Bobby, your moles roamed over to the left again. (laughs) Then again, would you, part of you be like, I'm just going to choose to believe this is for the story. No. Right. <laughs> okay. So we've Thank learned you, a lot Sophie. here today. We've learned a lot about love. A lot about love on this love. episode. We've the gone love high special. and low and deep and historic. And in and out. <laughs> deep and, <laughs> you know, it's been real. It's been our roman- most romantic episode yet. I'm not conflicted leaving this show tonight. I feel I feel pretty I've clear. definitely cleansed of your story, thank God. Yes, I feel cleansed of that. I'm glad we all put Valentine's Day into perspective. And I enjoyed that story about Ro- Joe Manuela. Yeah, you see, From I knew Europe. Mr. Hands was coming. So I was like, I need something light. Light. And but can I prick tease next week? Sure. Go on. Can't use a phrase like prick tease, can I? Matt, it f- feels so fitting in this episode. <laughs> okay. Oh, Have you got a doozy? Good coming next week. Is this the one you picked up in the little DMs and someone yeah. sent in a thing? Yeah. Do you know how hard it is, given that we all have access to that Instagram account, to not, to not watch click that what link? You do not do it. Okay. I was like, oh, oh, oh. 
hovering over. He's like, no, I can't do it. But okay. it's get out on of my, it. no, it's on my mind. Get your, out of there. I'm going to delete that message thread. Do you want to give us a theme? Just as something. Oh, so that we can just stick week? to yeah. it. Do you like, you know what you're doing. So you tell us the theme or would that work? Uh, no, no, I've no idea. <laughs> You're putting okay. me on the spot there. <laughs> it's just gonna be. F- it's good. It's good. Like I was. Yeah. So you're going long. It's well, yeah. It'd be kind of a medium. Yeah, good medium long. This is admin. We should discuss off the mic. I agree. Shall we plug our live event coming Are up on the twenty first of March? A, a creep live. The creep life. Beautiful. Um, that is coming on the 21st of March in Mutiny Theatre, located just off Pembroke Street. Thanks to our friends at Mutiny Theatre. And tickets are on sale now. There's only Decisive. Well, there's only like a handful of tickets because it's a small theatre. There is. It's a very small theatre. It's an intimate setting. Yes. Your noises, your chewing noises will probably be picked up on the microphones. Crucially as well, it's a nagging in the knickers situation. <laughs> it's a BYOB. Bring the appropriate amount of alcohol to enjoy us more. But don't be ridiculous <laughs> about it. No, just it's a personal preference thing. <laughs> be responsible, but don't make us feel bad. Don't make us seem, but leaders. have a nice time. And please don't heckle us. We're very sensitive. You can definitely heckle. <laughs> Bring your own creepy stories. Bring creepy stories. Local creepy stories preferred. Yeah. No way, man. We... we, we I love a bit of local. And we're going to deliver such quality creeps that night. Okay, it is going to be amazing. It is going to be good. Uh, we look forward to seeing you there. We have tickets. Uh, are click in- the link in bio, I presume. Link in bio. Tickets on sale. They're twenty quid. Byob. Happy days. We'll be there. We'll chat to you after as well, and we'll all be creepy friends. Why Yay! Would, why would that be a selling point? A selling we point. will talk to you. I mean, you listen. This to This is talk. your chance to make a friend now, Jen. Oh yeah. I'll be there open for friendships friends for strangers Jen. are the friends you haven't made yet yeah I don't think after Mr. Ham strangers are, are the friends you woo on your podcast there we go okay see you there follow us for everything at the creep dive at tall tales podcast email us hello at tall tales for any tips or creeps see you next bye. week bye bye If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.